Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. This Saturday, we're gonna do it bigger than we never have before. I don't want the Saturday to end. This is Saturday Draft Live. My name is David Hockney, and please don't question me on my singing because Ryan Dougley certainly did a better job uh, on the previous show. And speaking of Ryan Dougley, she joins me today. Ryan, how are you? That was, I, I, I feel just so uplifted after that lovely singing, David. Um, I'm glad I'm here today. And oh, you're <laughs> Anyway, um, let's not dilly dally with our singing. We, this is Saturday Draft Live. We're here to do some fantasy draft analysis and let's see who's um, building the momentum with just less than a few weeks until SummerSlam. Should we just dive right into it? Go for it, mate. Go for it. Yeah. And let me tell you, it's been pretty much, on the, from a WWE forefront, it's been all Judgment Day yet again. So third place with seven points is the number one overall draft pick, Rhea Ripley. Scoring seven points this week, mostly down to just appearances alone across all three shows. She now uh, has retained the top scorer of the season with 79 points overall, overtaking Seth Rollins, uh, who sits on 77. I mean, Ryan, Judgment Day has been absolutely everywhere uh, this week on across WWE programming. And obviously, we're going to go into a bit more detail about how that has affected the, the overall scores. But do you think it's safe to say WWE's putting a lot of all their eggs in the Judgment Day basket at the minute. Oh, definitely. Um, I sound a bit like a broken record because we kind of covered a lot of this last week when all top three are members of the Judgment Day. Um, but um, I think quite rightfully they're putting all their eggs in the, the one basket being the Judgment Day because it's working so well for them. They're on three shows a week now. Now they're on, they were on XT the previous two weeks. So... Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't fault what they're doing right now. It's entertaining. I'm enjoying it. And uh, the people that have picked them in the draft are enjoying it as well. Yeah. Uh, so second place, just one point ahead, is FTR, Tom Brock's tag team, scoring eight points across AEW, who I believe appeared on Dynamite and... Yeah, just uh, I think they had a title win on Rampage. No, sorry, on Dynamite. This was too many AEW programming at this point. But yeah, FTR scoring eight points. It's a... Much needed points booster for Tom Brock, who's basically been at the lower end of the table. Yeah, um, I believe FTR are now defending against MJF and Adam Cole next week in Collision after yeah. they won their um, match versus Garcia and Guevara. Sammy Guevara, yeah. yeah um, and I don't think they'll lose the title because they're hinting at, they're hinting at the, the breakup of MJF and Adam Cole again, which I think it's a shame if they did do that, but they kind of have to. So, um, yeah. Because that sort of line's been meant, but um, you can't milk it for too long. Um, I've enjoyed it, but it's it's good for FTR. They're going to 
defender type properly and they'll get the points. So, uh, Tom Brock will be excited for that, I'm sure. But <laughs> with previous bookings, Tom Brock's not been happy, so you never know. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. Did they get a, it was a two, did they recently have a two out of three falls match as well? Maybe that's what's racked up the points there for them. Uh, maybe they have, I probably missed it. But I remember that was this year. I can't remember if it was the, this week or last week, but yeah, recently had a two out of three falls match, but they're, they're, like you said, we're racking up points for them and it's, it's good for Tom, you know, possibly a title defence against better than you, baby. <laughs> but the, uh, the main talking point of this week is Dirty Dominic Mysterio scoring 11 points overall this week from winning the North American Championship from West Lee on NXT and then successfully defending it against Pete Dunne on SmackDown. I mean, I mean, Ryan, talk about the ultimate troll move from WWE, getting the most hated guy in WWE at the minute to put a championship on him on a brand that he's not even associated on and then he ends up defending it on the third show. So he's a, basically he's a Raw superstar who won an NXT championship and then defended it on SmackDown. Like, what an absolute clusterfuck it's been, but it's it's good for uh, uh, for Dom Dom. Yeah, convince me the draft flip actually worked. Uh, but no, I wasn't particularly happy when Wesley dropped the title considering he was my, my uh, third pick. Uh, but I got a good run with him regardless. Um, Dominic Studio obviously won that title on Tuesday. And then he was quite prominent in uh, SmackDown, as you said, defending the title against Butch. But also two other backstage segments. So uh, Stephen, I believe, is Dominic. Uh, he will, yeah. he will, like, he will be very happy. Uh, we'll probably uh, soon because um, this top of the table is getting tighter and tighter, and mm-hmm. it's getting quite interesting now. But bear in mind as well, Stephen switched the captaincy from Dominic Mysterio to EO Sky right before Money in the Bank. So I suppose it was good for him to get those pay-per-view points, but now that Dom Dom could potentially be featured across more than one show, do you think this could be a a bit of a, a faux pas, given that EO Sky suffered a loss this week? Um, well, that's the thing. When Stephen was kind of hanging around that fourth to sixth place position in and out, anyway, he's got to take a risk uh, to win regardless, because staying where he was wasn't going to change anything. At that mm-hmm. point in time, so I understand the change. Will it work out for him? Um, it very much could do. You never like money bank. You never know. Cash at any point. But um, Dominic's looking good right now, and he might be kicking himself. But you got to take risks as well with this draft. It's a hard decision to make. So mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't really criticise him for it, but it might not work for him in that sense. Uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see how they 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 book Dom Dom going forward, but. We'll jump now into the overall standings of the, the Contributors League table. Uh, once again, still at the bottom, Ross McLeod with homosexual chocolate uh, on 96 points, only scoring three points overall this week. But there has been an update for Ross's team because Ross has now changed his captain, switching from Shinsuke Nakamura to Maxime Dupree. So it's uh, and she's been featured a lot with uh, Alpha Academy and starting to pick up a couple of wins here and there in this program with the Viking Raiders. Do you think this was a a wise decision? Uh, yeah, I think it's a wise decision, but at this point, uh, Ross could have made any decision. It wouldn't have made too much of a difference with your shame, but yeah, mm-hmm. I get it. Uh, not much analysis for me in that one, I'm afraid. Uh, but um, yeah. 
there is a bit of a gap though. Uh, 42 and a half points. Uh, Andy Mitchell second from the bottom. I, I hope I don't blow like Jamie Van's knee. 138 and a half points. Uh, not a bad week for him, but only 10 points. And when you compare that to the, the big scorers this week, it's, uh, it's not great overall. Then we have in 12th place is Grant McRobbie with the Great Ocana Appreciation Society, 153 points. And if, right, if we want to talk about falls from grace, we've got Jack Graham in 11th place with the three-time Kings of Drafting on 178 points. Uh, pretty bad week, only scoring seven points for his team overall. Then seven, no, sorry, six and a half points ahead of him is me with the West End Country Club, 184 and a half points. 14 points for myself overall, not, not too bad. Two points ahead of me is Tom Brock and the Dutch government officials, 186. A pretty good week for him as well. It's 22 points, uh, largely from Solo Sokoa making appearances and obviously FTR getting the, the big points for him there. Uh, then we have 10 points ahead of him, Gary Kernahan, Team Visera, 196 points. Two points ahead of him, we have Ross Brady and the big Ross man, 198 points. Then it's yourself, Ryan. You are currently sitting in sixth place, Lean Mean Tangerine Machine, broke breaking the 200-point barrier on 204 points. Pretty good week for you as well, scoring 17 points overall. I mean, considering I dropped the title that week. Mm. Uh, then we have a 20 point gap as we move into the top 5 5th place Team Goat uh, 224 points then we have another leap in points uh, 17 ahead of him Stephen Wilson with Ross Wilson's underappreciated 241 2nd biggest scorer this week of 25 points overall so that's a huge week for, for Stephen there same with third place Scott McLeod Dorothy Mantooth is the same 252 points top scorer this week 26 points Overall, and considering where he started at the beginning of the league, you know, he was first, first picker overall, and he was sitting right at the bottom, but now he's shot all the way up to third place. Do you think Scott's in a, a really good position, uh, with SummerSlam looming just around the corner? I'll tell you what, Scott's in a very good position. Uh, obviously very Ripley, racking up the points as she is, and completely banking on her, and I, I totally get it. Not too much else going on in the team. This is definitely a one, pick juggernaut team but it's working and it's scary and I think Matt Smith and Chris are dropping points and they're not yeah. picking up as many as Ray is obviously Ray was mm-hmm. in the top three this week but it's, it's getting scary for the top two yeah I mean talking of the top two Matt Smith as you mentioned the booty was 261 points but let's not take anything away from anything away from Matt he's had a pretty good week scoring 23 points overall the third highest this week and he's still maintaining that uh, that second place position but on the other side you've got I mean we want to say he's the top he's been the top the leader all season which has been good for him but Chris Anthony Lopez and Heartbreaker FC is now only just four points ahead of Matt on 265 a very uh, it was an abysmal week for Chris like uh, only seven points scored this week joined with Jack and Ross as the joint second lowest scorers but Ever since the transfer window, Chris has had an absolute nightmare trying to maintain his lead, and it's getting smaller and smaller as the weeks go on. Yeah, um, I've always said this in the past. In the in this league, you want to be scoring 25 a week. That's your aim. 25 a week, and you'll be fine. Also, Scott's 26, Steve's 25, Matt Smith's 23. If you score seven, you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, like... Chris's top, Chris's three closest competitors all scored over 20 points. He's not even scoring 10. Yeah. Can, um, can, we, can we expect to see a change in the standings 
by this point next week. I think Chris won't be top before uh, SummerSlam is two weeks away, isn't it? Uh, yeah, so it's SummerSlam is August 5th, I believe. Yeah, so yeah, I, don't think, I don't think Chris will be top by the end of NXT next week. Like that's that's how scary this is getting, and I, I wish Chris the best because Chris deserves a win, but he's losing. <laughs> Just it scares. It scares me so much. Let's be honest, he fucked himself over the transfer window with that trade he made with Scott McLeod. Fully agree. Fully agree. Yeah. But um, unfortunately, Ryan, we're now at that point where we have to address the other half of our scoring. So. I'd like to hand over to you now and give us an update on the Listeners League standings and the Listeners League Cup. Yeah, so we'll go to the Listeners League first. Um, you know, top five. You got in fifth place Mike Nunn the Sport Entertainers at 285 points. Advancing 13 points up to 298. In fourth place, Adam Callier with Noam Dars with Jewish God. Then you got in your top three, 317.5 points is Gary Morris with Rhea Other, Other People. <laughs> uh, second place, 319, a point and a half ahead. Flat back key bumps by, by Jonathan Napier. And then in first place, 333 points. The three threes, uh, cost a fortune, Elliot Cantor, who I believe was in top last week. Uh, if we look quick, look at um, Elliot's team. Uh, Ray Rettler, the captain. Uh, then you've got Becky Lynch, MJF, Imperium, Adam Cole, Darby Adam. So, banking on MJF, Adam Cole. Um, mm. Better than you, baby. Is, better than you, baby, is two singles picks is certainly doing, doing good for him. It's, it's good to um, then eventually lose to FTR next week. They both get pull those points. Uh, but no, we're okay. really running away with things. Um, looking at the scores this week, Elliot Cantor's in first place scored 34, as well as Adam Callier. Um, JP scored the most with 36, but he's down at 18th place, so I'm not going to talk too much about that. Uh, Gary Morris, 25 points, not as good. And who's the other one? John Napier scored 30 this week. So Gary Morris uh-huh. every week and the other, the other comparisons are a lot better I, week. I, I can see why JP was scoring the big points because his captains were FDR and they obviously were in the the top scorers of the week. So that certainly helped him out. Now, I bet they wish the captain was dreadfully not FDR. Uh, yeah, that's, that's funny because he does have Ray Ripley on his team, but yeah, he's captaincy with FTR. Maybe that's why he's all the way down at 18th, was it? Did you say? 18th, yeah. My God, what difference. Uh, but no, it's, uh, it's very much looking like uh, a three horse race with Elliot, Jonathan, and Gary. And um, it's a good league, they're, they're doing well. Um, top scorer this week, JP has had 36. I've always said in this league, Going back to what I was saying earlier, I want to score 40 in this league. Uh, not quite as much as that, but they're, they're doing well. So, uh, good stuff over here in the, the main league. Uh, shall we go over the LL Cup quickly? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's do it, yeah, because we're uh, approaching, well, we're now in the semi-finals now, we've got another week of scoring before the finals take place. So, as it stands currently, 
Mike Angus is defeating Gary Morris 28 to 24. And then we've also got Elliot Cantor defeating Paddy 34 to 25. Bear in mind, we've got one more week of scoring when it comes to these semi finals, but that's how it stands. It's looking good for Elliot Cantor at the minute. Uh, with this, the second bracket, with Mike Angus and Gary Morris only four points between them. So uh, looking forward, it's exciting for them, but Paddy's got a lot of catching up to do. Um, I mean, Elliot Cantor's in a very good position to win both the Listeners League Cup and the overall standings. So, yeah. and if that happens, not only will he get to join the Contributors League, but he'll also get to draft from first as well. Yes. Uh, again, nobody's won from first yet, have they? But again, Scott's chasing at the minute. Well, I think we have had somebody win from first, but it was, uh, I think it was Goat and Tom Brock that won it. On the, this season, this year's tag team season for Red for WrestleMania. Fair enough. Then. Right. Well, that's not special anymore. <laughs> um, but no, um, first place is a very valuable place to be. It seems to be cursed uh, in general until you that uh, previous result. But um, aye, good opportunity to take advantage and uh, get started well and don't get mm. caught like I have in the past. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Good, good place to be, Vellet like Cantor. I'll tell you that much. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, now we will get into some SummerSlam analysis in the coming weeks as the season uh, begins to wrap up. But Ryan, as we're sort of in the last few weeks of, of this season, I want to do an analysis by show. Given that we've had an absolute uh, clusterfuck of uh, competitors jumping across all shows, particularly Judgment Day appearing on all three in some capacity or another. I want to take a look at the breakdown of uh, competitor scoring by show in particular. And I'm going to start with SmackDown. Uh, so, actually, here you are. I'll start from Raw and I'll just work my way down. So, no surprises here. Rhea Ripley, uh, Seth Rollins, Dominic Mysterio are the top three scorers uh, of Monday Night Raw. Dominic in particular has bumped him up to that position uh from winning two title matches this week and now is the new NXT North American champion. Overtake, now, there was a point where I think Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, you know, the second round, sorry, the second picks overall, were in a position to be the top scorers uh, without the captaincy applied. Yeah. But um, this win for Dominic has really sort of bumped him up the rankings a little bit. Oh, definitely. Um Obviously, Zayn and Owens are going to continue scoring uh, well going into SummerSlam, but this, the Dominic Heat, Latino Heat, I guess, um, is working well for Stephen, and um, I think Dominic will pass Seth Rollins by the end of SummerSlam, and he'll be the rear Dom top two. You reckon? Yeah, I reckon so. I mean, because Seth Rollins winning the World Heavyweight Championship has really put him back in contention, you know, one one good week for him and he could overtake, he could easily overtake Ray Ripley at one point. Yeah, I think so, but uh, with the amount of how prominent Rhea and Dominic are on television right now is that one win might not be as much as you think in terms of um, scoring, considering they've been on three shows a week. Might, that might trim down in the coming two weeks, but they're scoring really well on a weekly basis consistently. Whereas Seth isn't necessarily doing that at the minute. Uh-huh. But amazingly, um, even though Rhea Ripley's on Scott's team, the highest scorer in the in the league for Monday Night Raw is actually Matt Smith. And I think that's primarily driven by the fact that he has Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens as his team captains, which obviously, you know, they apply double points. Uh, that, along with the addition of uh, Raquel Rodriguez, Trish Stratus, 
and Logan Paul, you know, who are all technically classed as raw superstars in this league. He's very much a, a raw heavy team in this instance. Yeah, um, I, I, sometimes you get these teams where you get they're, they're evenly spread across WWE, AEW, different shows. You could do that now. There's literally six shows you pick from, uh, but um, you also get these teams where they just like bully one roster, um, which can happen depending on how the draft goes. But uh, it's working out well for Matt, and um, despite all these celebrities and part timers, he's still. Mm. Away, and he's scoring well. So uh, fair play to fair play. You know, what's a, you know what's a really sad state of affairs though about you know you mentioned celebrity picks there. As, as it stands, Logan Paul is scoring higher than Johnny Gargano. Like yep. what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I feel so sorry to ever picked uh, Gargano as the as part of their team. I think it was. Uh, it was, um, oh, it's Andy Mitchell that picked Johnny Gargano. Of course. <laughs> I mean, fair play to him, you know, he was, a, it was a later round pick and you never know. I think there was potential for him to be there, but it just hasn't materialised as of yet. But we'll, we'll jump to SmackDown now in this instance. So, in this case, the Usos, as a tag team, are the highest scorers. 40 points overall without captaincy applies. And then second place, we have the wise man, Paul Heyman, on 37. And then just behind him, Austin Theory on 36. So even though Austin Theory suffered a loss this week to Santos Escobar, he's actually ahead by Solo Sokoa by just half a point. So it's a much tighter contest in terms of SmackDown scorers at the top. Um, But the biggest uh, SmackDown scorer in terms of who, in terms of like who the uh, participant is, Jack Graham currently sits at the top with SmackDown picks. Given that five out of his six current team is on SmackDown, Paul Heyman, Bianca Belair, LA Knight, Street Profits, and Zelina Vega. So pretty much a who's who of uh, SmackDown performers there. So no surprise, Jack is more than double what the next highest scoring person, the GOAT, David Campbell, is, who's just on 56 with just SmackDown picks. Yeah, um, Jack's a big fan of SmackDown. He still thinks about that big gold, beautiful belt, and he still thinks it's there and he's fuming. And it's all SmackDown. Jack grew up in that era. He loves that era. He's sticking to it. He pretends it's still there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I it, yeah, I think his main contributor is having the wise man Paul Heyman as his first round pick up there. Yeah, we would all about this last week. Should Paul Heyman be, should have been a first pick, but... Um, you know, he's scored decently, not first pick decently, but he scored decently. Um, mm-hmm. Could have been someone else up there, but yeah, Jack, Smackdown, Paul Heyman, threatening <laughs> stars. Friday night, Jack down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that sounded better in my head. But, um, yeah, but despite the current standings without the captaincy applied, with the captaincy applied, the highest scorer is Solo Sokoa, who is on Tom Brock's team. He's on 71. And then just after him, we have, as for mentioned, Austin Theory and the Usos on 69 points each. Nice. Nice. Uh, lower scorers, though, are the OC on four points, who were brought in via the transfer window on Ross McLeod's team. Again, they've made a couple of sporadic appearances here and there, but nothing major in terms of points at that point. Nah, they've not been really been favourable on television at all. They might have had a, a match or two, but they've not won them. <laughs> um, but um, 
lot of M's from me there. Uh, yeah. Ross had to make changes, didn't work out. That's what it is. Yeah. But um, we'll move now on to NXT. Now, only 11 NXT superstars are currently active following the, uh, the transfer window as part of our league. And it is yourself, Ryan, who's the biggest NXT scorer. 90 points. Uh, overall from NXT picks, largely down to Carmelo Hayes as your team captain, but you also have uh, Wes Lee, who was the former NXT North American champion. He's he's probably arguably gone down as one of the best NXT North American champions to date with not the longest reign, but I think it's the most successful defences of any North American champion in the past. Yeah, a lot of people didn't think it was going to go on. A lot of people said he was due, dropping the belt for a long time, and he kept defending it. And hit five-way matches, triple threat matches, kept winning. A good match. Mm-hmm. They're all, for the most part, decent matches as well. So, yeah, that's a that's a title rating to remember. No bias for me at all, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. Wesley did quite well for me uh, with all these NXT champions that just weren't getting drafted round two and round yeah. three. So, I was just tanning them. <laughs> but no, um, it's worked out well for me. 90 points on the roster. Obviously, Wesley's dropped the title. Carmelo, he's still got it. So, and he's my captain now. Uh, I don't think he'll drop it between now and SummerSlam anyway. So, uh, I'm not in the position to win the league, but just keep racking up the points, see what happens. Yeah, obviously, Carmelo Hayes is your captain. has certainly helped. Because with the captaincy, Carmelo Hayes is sitting on 71 points. Uh, but he's also sitting on, like, without the captaincy of 53. Wesley, as we mentioned, second place, 37 points, and just below him is Tiffany Stratton, 34 points. Pretty much a saving grace for Chris Anthony Lopez drafting Tiffany Stratton, seeing as she won the NXT Women's title some time ago. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, scored a lot during that tournament to, uh, the, the tournament to get the title. Um, again, things have slowed down a little, obviously it's not worth it for Chris, but um, worked out a good pick overall, just Wish it was more for him. Mm-hmm. But one pick I'd like to mention from the NXT rankings, one that I didn't expect to do so well, Noam Dar, sitting on 29 points overall, so he's fourth in the NXT rankings. And I have to say, Ryan, I think Noam Dar has, compl- has been sort of the dark horse of this season. As a, He was a second-to-last-round pick for Tom Brock's team. Uh, but... He's doing surprisingly well, given his, uh, you know, given that nobody expected him to bring the the NXT Heritage Cup with him. Yeah, so I remember during the actual draft show, I had no idea Noam Dark returned, and I completely missed it. Uh, so when it was, when I got the message saying he picked him, and I was like, "You sure?" Um, and, but no, the NXT Heritage Cup's counted as a title as well, and it's. Uh, He's had defences, scored well, he's been on most most weeks in NXT. Last round back, you cannot fault a choice like that as well. Uh, Tom mm-hmm. Rock was quite clever to get, pick up that because a lot of people missed him. Um, Remember the British round rules as well, you have to win by a margin of 2-1. to one. Yeah. yeah. So that actually yeah. counts the same as uh, like a 2 out of 3 falls match. Jeez, not a really good choice. That's Probably your best second round pick at that point. That's really good. It's been a really good pick up for Tom. Uh, yeah. Be kicking himself at some of these because they went against him because he could have been a contention um, mm. at the end of the season, but unfortunate for Tom. 
but, but we'll wrap up with AEW, uh, a little bit of a breakdown here. And unsurprisingly, Orange Cassidy is the highest scorer uh, of the season with all those AEW international title defences. But surprisingly, um, the GOAT David Campbell, who's, who's picked him as a first-round pick, is not the highest AEW scorer overall. That accolade actually belongs to Tom Brock, uh, who's currently sitting with... Uh, FTR, Tony Storm, John Moxley, and Thunder Rosa. Uh, Thunder Rosa obviously brought in from the, uh, the transfer window, but the other three, FTR, Tony Storm, and John Moxley, two of which are champions in AEW at the minute, all scoring at least 30 points. So, I mean, the goal David Campbell obviously has Orange Cassidy, but he also has the, the acclaimed, who unfortunately haven't racked up as many points as they've done in the past, but I think with a, a margin of three to two in terms of AEW picks, Tom Brock has uh, overall scored more from AEW. Yeah, um, I, I find in general AEW is quite harder to draft them because I find their bookings quite wacky to say the least. Um, mm. It's quite hard to predict how things are going to change, especially now that we've got three rosters to choose from, so it's even further wide open. There's more picks to choose from because more people are on television. Or they should at least anyway. Um, uh-huh. AW has always been a scary one for me to draft. Um, it's people that like the AW more than me will draft AW and they'll do well. Like Grant Robbie, not done so well. This mm-hmm. is eighty-three points at AW. And yeah, he, he knows AW and he, he's in a in a way struggling as well. So uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's a difficult game when it comes to uh, the different brands. At AW. That's- uh, despite the fact you know Grabber Robbie, even though he knows his AEW picks, you know he picked Jay White in round one. He scored fifty-two points with Jay White. I believe he had the captaincy applied to him as well. But he hasn't been scoring massively like Jay White as an individual the last few weeks. He's sort of been relegated to battle royals and the odd rampage or collision appearance. Uh, but a couple of other standard picks. We obviously have Adam Cole. Uh, Teaming with MJF is better than you, baby. But then also Darby Allen, who also won uh, the Rampage Rumble this past week. So now he has a, t- a, a match in the TNT Championship at All Out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can also uh, point out that the no longer legal choice, Tony Schiavone, only scored 37 this season so far. So, mm. fuck you, Schiavone. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> But it looks like we might get Luchasaurus versus Darby Allen for the TNT title at, at Wembley this year. Ooh. No, that'll be good. That'll be good. Um, I don't, who's got Darby Allen, sorry, did you say? That was Tom? Uh, no, Jack. Jack and Darby. Okay. Uh, so it won't impact too much going into the last season, but um, he'll be home for a, a win there. Um, mm. Not too sure how that will pull out, but yeah. Um, You'll be hoping for the win. It won't make too much of a difference, I'm afraid. Uh, I'm lucky. Mm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's going to do it for us this week uh, on Saturday Draft Live. Hope you enjoyed uh, an in-depth show analysis breakdown in terms of who our top scorers are. And with only just a couple of weeks to go before SummerSlam, we also have the NXT Great American Bash coming up as well. So there's certainly potential for extra points to be had before the, the biggest party of the summer. Absolutely. I just love this draft and I love the chase that it's going to end this season and all the tension and all the, the drama. Bring it on. And, and we've got, uh, I think we've got like a four horse race 
for the Contributors League as well. This could literally come down to the wire. Yeah, it's really I mean, close. especially if Chris, you know, screws up his his lead that he's maintained for most of the season. Yeah, he he would be absolutely kicking himself. But it's, this is a beautiful game. Anything can happen. Yeah. Uh, well, it's left me to say thank you for joining me this week, Ryan. And to all our listeners, if you've enjoyed this week's episode of Saturday Draft Live, you can catch all our back catalogue on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, or your preferred podcasting platform. And we're also on social media, um, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Suplex Retweet. We also have our Facebook page, Eat Some Suplex Retweet, where we have community discussions with all our, our listeners and our fans. Uh, we post a big question every week from every episode of Central, so get involved with the conversation. Our latest big question was, what do you think has been the match of the year so far of 2023? So please get involved with the conversation there. And I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Saturday Draft Live. We'll see you next week. I've been David Hockney. He's been Ryan Dalgleish, and we'll see you soon. See you later. Sports Social Podcast Network.